Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. On the last episode of Unsuitable, we learned about some of the general implications business owners are going to face as a result of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. On today's episode, which is also part two of our tax reform mini-series for business owners, we're going to learn a little more about the tax reductions and deductions owners of C-corporations and flow-through entities have been left to consider. Chris Axine, a principal at Ray & Associates and tax planning specialist, is back to talk about the flow-through business income deduction and the new 21% C-corp tax rate and whether or not business owners should reconsider their choice of entity. Welcome back to Unsuitable, Chris. Dave, thanks for having me back. This is a topic that I'm really passionate about, so I'm, I'm glad to be here today. You know, as uh, in preparation for this, I found an article that you wrote back, I believe it was in uh, uh, 2010, that's still pretty much applicable to the, uh, the topic at hand, maybe even more so. Sure, yep, it's a choice of entity. It, it never goes out of, out of style. And in fact, uh, we did a podcast earlier in the year on the topic as well. It's always timely and relevant, and uh, it, not, not unlike a, uh, an annual physical, that choice of entity is something you should look at uh, periodically to make sure that it's still uh, what you have is relevant for where you are in, our, in your business. You know, let's get a couple definitions out of the way before we start. You and I talk in this tax lingo, and we use the term flow-through entity. You know, let's define what a flow-through entity is. Sure. So a flow-through entity is, is an, an entity that can either be a S-corp, a partnership, or I suppose you could also call a, a sole proprietorship a flow-through entity. And, and what the flow-through entity part of it means is that the, the income flows through the, the entity's books and it gets ultimately reported in the, in the tax paid on the uh, individual owner's personal tax return. So one of the things we're going to talk about, or the main thing we're going to talk about today is um, we, we fielded many calls, emails, and there's been a lot written in, in various publications that you may be flirting with the idea of converting an existing flow-through entity like an S-Corp or LLC uh, to a C-Corp uh, by certain deadlines. There seems to be a rush and, and some excitement about maybe doing that. And I think you're throwing a little bit of caution in the wind. And that's what we want to talk about today. So the first thing is, let's talk about a manageable tax rate. We, we hear the term a more manageable tax rate. What in the heck does that mean? That's a good question. I don't know what a more manageable tax rate means. In terms of the, the conversation, uh, I think, in, in the press with regard to business income, when you have C-Corps at 21%, but you have businesses that aren't operated as a C-Corp, they're operated in a flow-through structure, their, their tax rate isn't the same. So you, you could have the manu a manufacturing business that uh, is either organized as a C-Corporation, same business, instead of being organized as a C, they chose to be an S-Corporation, and they have two different rates of tax. And, and I think philosophically, the question is, is, is that the right answer? Right. Right. So, so in, you know, bottom line there is if my personal income tax rate is, 
is is above the 21%, I might consider, and this discussion is run out, convert everything to a C to take advantage of that more manageable 21%. Right. So that's right. C corps there right now there there's they're all the rage and in a lack of of complete and full transparency um, in the marketplace is you're purely reacting to the sole fact that C corps pay tax at 21% and flow through entities if they're eligible for the deduction, would pay tax at a maximum of 29.6. So you have a higher tax rate at the individual level. And so let's save some dollars. You know, I've, I've heard you speak uh, with clients and in our internal uh, tax huddle meetings, you use the term or phrase, observe the forest through the trees. Yeah. So, and, and that, so don't get caught up in 21% rate where there's other factors that need to go into this analysis and this conversation with, with our clients. Um, and, and the reason why they come to us as, as valued and trusted advisors is they know that we're, we're, going, to, um, we're going to clue them in onto the entire picture and, and not let them stay focused only on one small part of it that another way to you know say that is is we don't we're not going to allow them to save a dollar today and pay $5 tomorrow because they made the wrong decision. You know, really what you've been preaching is that yes, yeah, switching to a C in the 21% bracket certainly may be a short-term benefit, but then again, you have to weigh it against some of the long-term detriment that we're going to talk about here in a minute. You use the term, and we hear double taxation. I think you use the word two layers of taxation, and that's where I think C-Corps, where this gets a little bit off the rails, but let's talk about two layers of taxation, and what does that mean? Yep. C-Corporation, so unlike a flow-through where the the income passes through and is reported and paid on the individual's personal tax return, a C-Corporation is a taxpayer itself. It pays tax and files a tax return on its own and, and pays tax at 21%. Because of our, our tax structure that we have, thanks to the 86 uh, Reform Act, which was the last time we had significant tax reform. I was practicing, the, I was practicing then, were you? I, I was, uh, I was a baby in diapers when you were uh, practicing. but uh, So I, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't around for, for that act as a CPA, but... Um, that, that was the last time we had significant um, tax reform. And, and part of those changes were in the C-Corp world, the, the entity pay t- pays tax at it, uh, on a dollar of profit at its level. And then if it distributes that profit out to the shareholders in the form of a dividend, those shareholders are going to pay tax again uh, at dividend rates on their personal return. And, and a dividend isn't deductible to the company. So that's where the two layers of tax come in. Right. You have one uh, at 21% inside the corp. And then you have another one at as high as 23.8% on the residual coming out on the individual's tax return. And that's always been the case in the discussion between C corporations and flow through. But again, uh, what you said earlier, observe the forest through the trees. There's, this is one of those hidden things that make, may come back to, to haunt you. Right. So that gets lost in the conversation of the, all the bright lights are on a low tax rate. But if you're distributing out all of your profits out of this, you know, uh, currently and you, and you change to C and you continue to distribute all, all your profits, you're going to end up paying a tax rate higher than if you just stayed as a flow-through entity. 
You know, if you and I sat down for a planning meeting and we looked uh, out for the next uh, two, three, and five years, and I shared with you that what I want to do with my profits is I want to reinvest the profits for success and keep them within the company, would that be a situation where we might look at conversion to a C corporation? Yeah, yeah, that certainly is one factor that um, could be a, a check in the in the plus column for for the C corporation. So, in, in essence, you're taking away that second layer of tax because you're reinvesting those profits, and, and you're you're more or less deferring that to a, a point in the future. And so, implicit in in that conversation is is the owner owners are still taking out a reasonable compensation under either structure as a flow through or as a C corp. So that part hasn't changed. They're getting what they need out of the business that way, that way and the profits they're retaining. And, and so really the nuance starts to come into play where in a flow through entity, you're taxed on the profits, whether you distribute them out or not in a C corp, uh, you know, at, at the maximum individual rate in a C corp, you're going to pay tax at 21%. And if you don't distribute it out, that's all you pay currently. So there, there is a difference there, and, and that's why it's a benefit. There's also, a, in Ohio, for, for Ohio clients, um, Ohio does not uh, have a tax, an income tax on corporation, C corporations. They, they do tax the business income of individuals, and that, that's more or less a 3% tax savings. And then you bring up another point um, that, that's missed, has been missed in a lot of circles, is that these are federal tax cuts. But you've got to look at the state and local issues, too, because those rates and, and policies may be changing accordingly. Yeah. And, and to go back to your metaphor, it, it's, you know, the, the 21 percent uh, tax rate tree is a pretty nice size looking tree. But there's an entire forest behind it that if you don't have a competent advisor advising you on um, and helping you understand the impact of the rest of it, um, you're going to miss the, the bigger prize, I think. So if I'm a C and I decide that I want to retain the profits within the business and, and keep those profits in, does that increase my basis in, in my company? Uh, in, in the C-Corp world, it does not. Uh, so you don't, you don't get any credit, if you will, for retaining the profits in that regard. And, and so that can have a detriment down the road. And so you, you bring up, again, we're... we're your 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 point is well taken because again lots of things go into this conversation and you with the business owner and you need this is a this is a decision that shouldn't be made lightly and you have to arm yourself with all of the facts and make a a well reasoned you know decision ultimately I'm looking for some free tax advice uh, in our in our normal day to day. When I have a client issue and I come to you, you you charge my client. So I think I got some free tax advice here coming. I've got an idea I want to run by you. All right, shoot. Okay, 2018, my budgeted net income is through the roof. I had a lot of things that are going to hit. My profit is just going to be fantastic, best year ever. I'm going to switch to a C corporation take advantage of that 21%. And then in 2019, I'm going to flip-flop back to an S corporation because I love my S corporation. So I'm just going to flip-flop after after this next year. Yeah. So what do you think? So that, that's a, that's a good free advice. <laughs> well, so I'll, I will give you some, some valuable advice to say that you're not going to get what you think you're going to get. 
particularly when you're an S-Corp and if you elect to be a C-Corp, then you have to wait five years um, before you can can go back to an S if, if that's what you wanted to do. So again, it, it serves to reiterate that, that these things, that these decisions have consequences and you can't just willy-nilly, as you say, flip-flop back and forth, you know, eat one year versus the next. So flip-flopping is not an option or a plan. It's not a good tax planning strategy. Doggone on. I thought I was on to something. <laughs> so accounting methods, uh, there's some there's some new rules regarding some accounting methods in, in the tax um, um, change, in the tax changes. Talk to me about a little bit of accounting methods and, and how accounting method could trigger tax liability. Accounting method change. Yeah. So C corporations have a, a limitation on the ability to use cash versus accrual versus um, other flow through entities. And of course, on a prior episode last week, we talked about um, the, the $25 million threshold for small businesses. And underneath that, um, you could use the cash method of accounting, regardless of what entity type you are. But if you happen to be in an industry that currently allows cash method of accounting, because you don't have inventory. Uh, that's the primary reason why you have to go to accrual. And you switch to C-Corp and you're above that $25 million. Well, now, now you have to change from cash to accrual. And so again, consequences of, of actions and, and it, you know, anybody can file a form and change what they are. But the, the tax ramifications of doing that are, are real. And to the uninitiated, it's a, it's a, a trap for the unwary. Was that in the small print in the in the tax reform act? Did I miss that? Or What's that? What you just talked about about the accounting method change could trigger liabilities. I never read that. Well, that's that's the value of your CPA and the planning. Yeah, a lot of lot of lot of traps. It's easier to be a planner than it is to be a fixer. You know, in my uh, in my flow through entity, my LLC or S corporation. Um, I you know I've worked years and years on this. I've got I've got a lot of goodwill. A lot of intangible buildup. I certainly am looking at that 21% uh, tax rate to switch to C corporation, but you know I've got this goodwill, and it's a big, big number. You know, what advice would you give to me if I'm thinking about switching my flow through to a C corporation? Yeah. So inherent in this is it the the factors the stars align and it makes sense to 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 convert to a C corporation and so as a part of that what are some of the planning steps to move from the current flow through entity type whether it's a partnership or an S corp or even a sole proprietorship to to C corp and the intangible aspect of that is is what you're getting at um, the the goodwill the workforce in place the reputation of the business who does that belong to does that belong to the owner. Uh, because of their efforts, think of um, you know Colonel Sanders, you know back in the day, and and you know the rep, you, you know the going to KFC because of of him and his recipe, right? Uh, just as an example, so it's identifying that ahead of the conversion to keep it out, because again, all, what we're trying to do here is this goes back to the C corp two layers of tax. And on an eventual sale of the business down the road, whether that's five years, 10 years, or longer than that, is if we can keep cash out of the corporate vehicle, then we can keep it uh, segregated from that two layers of tax. So we're keeping it in the, we're, we're leaving it behind in the conversion process. Okay. And we have to identify those up front as a part of that. That's, that's the reason why it's a planning point if we're going to convert. 
got another thought I want to want to run by you. I have a uh, again very successful S corporation, and I've elected inside the S corporation, which is a pass through entity, to keep the earnings, keep the cash inside inside the the business. Now I want to convert to a C corporation. Can I still get that those 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 retained earnings in the S corporation out after I've converted? Well, does so, that make sense? Sure. So under under the old law, you had a a, a limited window um, it, because what you're getting at is as as I mentioned earlier, the in a flow through entity, you're taxed on the profits whether you actually distribute the cash or not, and so that builds up uh, in your S corp example something called the the triple A account. And so that represents dollars that you've already paid Pay tax, tax on. on yeah. The cash is sitting in the company and the S corp, and so you can distribute that out at a later time, so-called tax-free, because you've already paid the tax on it. Well, if you convert to a C corp, okay, absent this this provision, now you've kind of trapped those dollars, that pool of previously taxed dollars in the corporate vehicle. And you've already paid the money on it. And if you absent this and you distribute it out as a dividend, then you pay tax again. Uh, so potentially three layers of you know, tax there. So we've always had a, a, a one-year window in which to pull out the so-called previously taxed earnings out of the AAA pool after you convert to a C. Under the new law, what's happened there is they've done two things. One, they've extended it out to a two-year window. So they gave us a little longer period of time to, um, if the cash flow isn't isn't there in the company um, shortly after you convert or you need to keep it for, for working capital. So that was kind of the, the I'm going to give you something, but the takeaway I'm going to take from you, piece of that potentially is with regard to whether or not that S-Corp that we historically had at one point in time prior to being an S-Corp had been a C-Corp you know, in the beginning. right? And if it had earnings from, from when it was a C-Corp, now we have to recoup some of those as as we pay out dollars uh, in this so-called post-transition period from moving from S to C. And and the long and the short of it is is those dollars, if we have the the right set of facts to that would result in some of those dollars being taxed um, as a dividends versus being returned tax-free. Wow, that would be an expensive mistake. It would, and, Could and, be. and it's one of those things where you, you at least want to know ahead of time what's in front of you versus right. having done it and then us having to d- deliver some bad news once we found out. Let's switch gears. Let's say I have a, uh, I'm a relatively new business, startup business, um, getting things going. I'm an LLC, love it. I'm a bit underwater because I'm a new business, uh, but I'm going to be profitable. My forecast and projections show I'm going to be really profitable. You know, I want to convert to the C corporation, take advantage of the 21%. Is there, there's, there's got to be a downside to that selection. Yep. And, And this is another example of a trap waiting to be sprung again. You cannot under the under the, the the rules haven't really changed um, in this regard. If you if you incorporate, so it's it's basically the term of art we use is we're going to incorporate either our sole proprietorship or our partnership. We're going to change it to a C corp, and it's underwater. So the balance sheet, the liabilities exceed the assets. At the time of that conversion, there's a tax on that on that difference. So to the extent the liabilities exceed the the basis of the assets that you're that you're transferring, that that triggers a real tax 
and and you don't have a transaction that generate any cash. You all you did was file a form that said I want to move from being a sole proprietorship or an S, or a partnership to now I want to be a C corp, and the IRS hands you a bill for tax dollars. So that's a deal breaker. That's an oops. That's an oops. So again, if we want to, um, th- there's a lot of um, folks out there looking at taking advantage of this new shiny 2018 uh, corporate tax rate that is permanent, as far as we know, and the time is running out to make the election. I believe it's either March or April to make that election to a C, but maybe that's not the thing to do this year. I think it's stop, drop, and roll and do some heavy analysis. Right. So if you, um, you, you, there's a limited window to have retroactive effect uh, for your conversion. And so um, the, the period you're referring to is, is there's a 75-day window. So if, if we wanted to change our entity type to a C corporation, effective 1-1 of 18, we would need to make that election no later than 75 days, more or less March 15th of this year. You know, the, the tax law just, just passed. There's additional guidance we need from the IRS that might have an impact on our decision and to change. And so for those reasons, my, my advice to, to my clients and the people that I talk to is, you know what, L- let's not get hasty and feel like we have to be rushed to make an election for, for 2018. In my mind, the worst thing that can happen is let's wait a year and yeah, we're, we're, we're not, we may not, we're not getting the benefit of 21% tax rate for 18, but let's take the time to do the right analysis to educate and arm the, the client, the business owner with the data points so that they can make an informed decision and then do it in 19. And I, I think we'll all be far better served by doing that versus to rush to a judgment now and then hope we made the right one. And, and if we didn't, then we're, we're stuck. You know, the good news is there's a lot of great options out there for business owners as we sit here today. And that's really kind of neat to to look at that going forward. But as you said, there's a tremendous amount, and I don't want to use the word just tax planning. It's business planning. It's succession planning. It's family planning. It's employee planning. It's all of the above that goes, uh, goes into the equation. Let's not let that shiny 2018 tax rate you know, blind our decision. We have work to do. Yeah. Here's something else too that comes into play in terms of, of choice of entity. And and as the year progresses and, and we continue to read what's in the law and, and get guidance from the IRS, the, there'll be other perhaps moments of, of epiphany that we have to, to help advise our clients. But, you know, one of the other areas is while while we we may not want to elect to be a C-Corp, Perhaps if we're currently in a partnership context, we do business as a partnership, and it's the really only the the partners are the ones that do the work. They're the only ones involved in the business. There might be some planning to consider in terms of choice of entity for to take advantage of the flow through deduction that is available. That if again if they have the right set of facts, they may not be able to take advantage of in their current form as a partnership. That if we convert to an S, they could. Our guest today has been Chris Axine with Ray and Associates. This guy knows his tax stuff without a doubt. Uh, I think I'm going to uh, take you out to a Blue Jackets game and write that, write that off and get some uh, free information. Oh, wait, we can't do that, can we? You, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it, and, and as long as you buy me a, a hot dog and a pop. 
we'll uh, we'll go for it. Throughout this tax reform mini-series, you've heard us say a lot about the importance of planning and gathering expert advice and insight before making any major decisions, particularly if you have potential financial implications. Obviously, the Tax Cuts and Job Act has provided us with a lot of unknowns. I urge everybody listening to give your CPA a call to determine your own next steps. In the meantime, be sure to check out part one of our tax reform mini-series for business owners. We've also included a lot of great insight on our website. Check out our tax reform research center at raisecpa.com tax reform. Finally, be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes or follow Ray and Associates on social media using the hashtag Ray Radio for any tax reform developments. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.